Also, I ask you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read a passage from there together in just a few minutes. Luke chapter 2, picking up in verse 8. If you're grabbing that pew Bible in front of you, if you want to, it's going to be on page 1,179 of the pew Bible. This morning, this Christmas morning, I've already told you, but I want to say it again, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here in person. I'm glad that you're logged in via Facebook or YouTube. And I'm glad that some of you even logged in via the phone. Those online, you could be watching live or you could watch this later today or even on another day. Do you know that there are people that will watch Sunday morning service? They've gotten used to watching their Sunday morning service on Tuesday nights. That's what fits their lives. That's an amazing thing that's happened over the last few years. As you all know, and many of you received one this morning, I can text everybody in the church all at one time, if, assuming I have your cell phone number. And if I don't have your cell phone number, if we, the church, don't have your information, your birthdays, your address, your cell phone number, your email address, those yellow sheets in the pew right there, you fill those out and put those in the offering basket, and we'll get you signed up to be a part of the communication part of the church family. would love to be able to do that. But as you know, how many, did anybody get a text from me this morning? Anybody remember that? Oh, man, I am so glad that that text thing works. And I can do emails that way if we have your email address. It's a really cool thing, and for this, I am thankful. Do you know that there is no reason today that we cannot communicate a message to anyone we desire quickly? But it's not always been that easy. I can remember my family. I was young. I remember my family. We lived in two different cities. And, you know, long distance used to be a thing. But nobody wanted to pay because it was expensive. And so everybody wanted to know, but did they get home safe? And so we would leave and drive, and then we would get home. We'd call long distance, and we'd let it ring. And I'd be on the other end of the phone, and we'd listen to it ring. But the family knew, we're going to call. We're going to let it ring twice. Then we're going to hang up, and you'll know that was us, and we're going to get home. Anybody else ever do that? I mean, you know, they must have taught you that somewhere along the line. But, you know, we would do things like that to make sure we made it home. I can remember being in the Ukraine on mission for a number of weeks in 1995 with no ability to communicate with Angela, with Caleb, and our six-week-old son, Micah, at that time. I remember the first time we got a phone that could plug into our car. It looked like we were going into army battle. I mean, it was a big bag phone. You guys probably remember this as well. And when you had one, you were, you were of the elite set, right? Because they just weren't everywhere like they are now. I remember life before pagers, before emails, before text messages, before cell phones, and certain people under a certain age, their minds just went, What do you mean there were not cell phones and emails and text messages? It's become so commonplace that we forget many times what it used to be. I've learned about Morse code. I've learned about telegraphs, and I've studied, and we've even talked in years past about the Pony Express. But today we are going to share what I believe might be one of the earliest forms of communication that God put into place, shepherds. So I ask you to stand with me. We're going to read from Luke chapter 2. We're going to read picking up in verse 8 because here we are on Christmas morn. Last night we read about the baby Jesus being born. But when we start in this verse, 
in verse 8, Jesus is born already. So that's where we're picking up, reading from Luke chapter 2, and we'll read verses 8 through verse 20. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Thank you. You may be seated. Keep your scripture open. We're going to walk back through this. But as I mentioned and as you noticed in this scripture, as we begin today's scripture, Jesus has been born. And now it is time for the first birth announcement of the Savior of the world. Now, Many of you have had children and have had grandchildren, and maybe some of you have had great-grandchildren, but when we think about this birth announcement, it's a big deal. It's one of the ways that we seek to get creative. I can remember when we had ours, we're not the giving out the cigar kind of guy and family. I'm not, you know. So we gave out Hershey bars. We are the chocolate kind of family. And we gave out Hershey bars, and they would, we bought these special wrappers that you could put around them, and on them you could write the full name, and the time, and the date, and the height, and the weight of your child. In this point, it was Caleb was the first one, and then Micah was the second one. Birth announcements, there's many different ways to be able to do that. And God, in his infinite wisdom and perfect timing, determines that the shepherds working on a hill outside Bethlehem were going to be the first ones to hear this great news. Look in verse 8, it says, Now in the same country, at the time of the birth of Jesus, these shepherds were in the field. And verse 8 says that they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, we read this, but I think there's something important. You're going, well, that makes sense. What else would a shepherd be doing in the middle of the night out in a field with flocks, but watching over the flocks by night? I think it's an important thing that we understand that the shepherds were, at the time of the angels coming, were faithfully fulfilling their daily responsibilities. Keeping watch over the sheep, that's what shepherds do. But have you noticed in the Christmas story, or have you noticed in Scripture stories overall, that God always intervenes in someone's life while they are going about their regular responsibilities in life. Joseph, Mary, Zacharias. We hear all of these people where they were just doing faithfully what God had called them to do, and in that moment, God stepped in 
and interrupted their life. So as we close out this year, as we celebrate Christmas, as we enter into a new year, there's a great challenge right there. This is not the theme of the sermon, but it's just a great challenge that I can't pass up. I pray that you are faithfully daily going about the things that God has called you to do. But I pray that you will be ready for in any moment, God could choose to change your life, to step into your life and ask you to do something. I pray that you'll be ready. You know, when, it's, when you make that statement, hey, God may ask you to do something. Some of us go, well, I, you know, I don't want him to ask me to do something. We know, how to, we know how to avoid calls, don't we? Listen, you see your cell phone ring, and you go, I'm not taking that call. You guys have probably done it to me before, right? You see a text message come in, and somebody comes out four days later, and they say, did you get my text message? You go, no, I didn't see it. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed all that. I was busy. Listen, we know how to avoid the call if they're, what we have to figure out is, are you looking for it? Have you ever been waiting on a call? Maybe, I know we were, let's just go back to when another baby was born in our lives, our granddaughter. We were at a time where we couldn't go in the hospital because of, they were just not letting people in the hospital because of COVID and all these things. So we were in the parking lot. We were parked outside in a parking lot in our car for hours. Looking at our phone, waiting, waiting, waiting. I don't know how God might intervene in your life. I'm not sure what God might ask you to do, but the one thing you've got to be ready to do is to accept the call, the text, the email that God is placing on your life. God will know how to communicate with you, and he will know exactly how to share with you what he's calling you to do. Verse 9 goes on and says, Behold, an angel. When you read this, behold, we need to understand that one moment... This angel was not there. And then in a moment, that angel was there. That's how quickly life can change when God wants to intervene in your life. Amen? I can think about that. One moment, I'm Jeff, the accountant, father, dad, Sunday school teacher. That's it. And then God says, I want you in full-time ministry. It can change like this. Behold, there's an urgency there that God is going to create when he steps into our lives. Verse 9 says that the angel of the Lord, there was one at this current time, complete with the glory of the Lord. We don't want to miss that. You know, when God sends his messenger, he doesn't just send him down. No, it comes with the message of God, which brings the glory of God. So we, this angel has now been given the approval of God, the seal of God, because God said, and take my glory with you when you go. God will be very clear when he wants you to do something, if you'll take the call, and if you're willing to do something that God calls you to do. Verse 9 says, and these shepherds were greatly afraid. The fear of the angels was probably similar to the fear of Isaiah when you think about it. Uh, Isaiah in chapter 6, verse 5, we talked about this not that many weeks ago. It says, when the Lord revealed himself to Isaiah and Isaiah saw the throne of God and the angels, we, we, we talked about this. Isaiah said this, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Probably they were greatly afraid because they're going, what are we seeing? And when you come in contact with God, it can be that life changing. Another reason that they're probably greatly afraid is that we're entering into a time where in the previous 400 years, except for the recent appearance to Zacharias and appearance to Joseph and appearance to Mary, God hasn't spoken, Scripture would teach us, in about 400 years. Malachi, Matthew, 400 years. God didn't provide anything. And so all of a sudden, God has decided that it is time to begin to share and unveil the next steps in his plan. You know, we've talked about this. I just cannot get away. It's probably one of the greatest Christmas scriptures that's not counted as a Christmas scripture. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions of sons. Can I just make a real quick, Jesus was sent to be in the manger so that you would come to know Jesus as your Savior. And God said, it's happening in the time frame that I set, at the pace that I set, in the way that I have set it to be. God decided to talk. And on this night, to a man, specifically to shepherds. Verse 10 goes on and says that the angel said, do not be afraid because I bring good news that will bring great joy. Do you know sometimes that pause can really scare us just a little bit? Have you ever had somebody reach out to you? I need to talk to you. You automatically, oh, what's going on? This angel, he didn't, he didn't let that pause wreck the angel, wreck the shepherds at all. He said, don't be afraid because what I, I bet you he talked really fast for just a second. I just need you to know, don't be afraid. This is really great news. It's great joy for everybody. The angel can probably just relax just a hair and listen to what the angel is now saying. But listen to what the angel did say. This is good news that will bring great joy. In verse 10, this caught my attention, is intended for all people. Now, you'll, you'll recall last night we read, and we've read before, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, said this, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that, the, that all the world should be registered. Now, God is using the plans of men to exercise his predetermined plan, and a good verse that you want to memorize and hold on to would be Proverbs 19.21. That's what tells us that right there. But let's just think about what Caesar Augustus was asking for. Rome did not seek to count some of the people or most of the people. They intended through this registration process to count all of the people. Luke 2.1 says that. That's also God's intention through the angels. This is good news that brings great joy to all people. Now, I thought about some other all scriptures just to sort of add right here. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. All of us need a Savior, and God sent him in Jesus. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever, that's another all word, calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. 1 Timothy chapter 2, you might want to write this one down. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 5 says this, and listen for all of the all of the all words, okay? Therefore, I exert first of all that supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. 
for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That manger is that man, Christ Jesus. And that man, the Son of God, was provided so that you could know that even though you were a sinner, you could be forgiven. You could be made right. And God wants all men to come to know him in this way. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. I could go a whole different direction. Did you know? And next week, the key phrasing of next year, next year, you get it? Because it'll be 2023, the next time we stand here on a Sunday morning. Promise. Just think about that. But God kept his promise. But in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, <clears throat> but his long-suffering Toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Church, can I tell you that what this angel is saying to these shepherds is a very important message that all men need to hear. And we know when Scripture talks about all men, that we're talking about all men, all women, all ages, God wants all all of us to meet his son, Jesus. And he goes on in verse 11. He says, for there is born to you. Now, this should read. I went back and analyzed some of the words and the phrases. There is born for you. Now, that's a really more personal way to look at it. Now, born to you, it's not hard to get to for you from that statement right there. But this angel has said that this child is born for you, for all people. Now catch this. We, we sing about this, and, and it's in different songs, but the angel says, a Savior, Christ the Lord. Only here, in all of the New Testament, only right here is Jesus called by these three names, only right here. Now, that's an important thing, so I stopped and looked at it. When you think about Jesus being a Savior, that's his mission. The Christ, that's his royalty or his position as the Son of God. And the Lord, that's his authority. And this angel is saying, this good news, this great joy that I'm bringing to you is a Savior, Christ the Lord, one who has come to save, one who has the position to save, and one who has the authority to save. All in the manger, God said, right there he is. And angels, I'm telling you first. You ever been told something first? Somebody ever came to you and said, well, it's not been made public yet, but I just really want to tell you. You sort of go, hey, I must be on the in circle, right? We know this feeling. You have people that when, before you go public with things in your life, you come to them and you go, I don't want you to hear it from just anybody. I want you to hear it from me. And God said, angel, go talk to these shepherds because I don't want them to hear this from just anybody. I want them to hear this from me. 
Now, we could talk a little bit about the uh, cultural aspects, the positional aspect, the customary aspects of how shepherds fit into the ecosystem of the hierarchy of people in that day, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, they're way down here. And then the angels that work the third shift, the all-night shift, if there is a hierarchy within, not the angels, the shepherds, but the shepherds who work the night shift, the third shift, in the hierarchy that are angels, they're probably the lowest shift of all the angels. Shepherds. Something's... I'm telling you, it's sometimes not easy being up here, especially with this mind going on like this. So I'm just so thankful that you guys forgive me for that. And God just, you probably heard the right word, even though I said the wrong word. Now this news, this good news that can bring great joy can be eternity changing. And it's intended, we've already read more than once for all people. Because Jesus was born, you can live. All can live if they will come to accept Jesus by faith. Now, verse 12, it just keeps getting better. We're not even to my favorite part of the story yet. Verse 12 says, this will be the sign to you. I love this. Think about this. When, when the angel says, this will be a sign to you, one is the angel is saying that God said, there is a sign. This is not a secret. There is a sign. And we're sharing this sign with you. We're telling you that there's this. And then they go on and there's this assumption that these shepherds are going to be impacted so much by this good news that brings great joy to all people that they're going to want to follow up on the sign. They're going to want to do this. I just love that image that God knows that when he tells you this, that he needs to give you a sign so that you can follow up and experience it for yourself. Verse 12 says, and you will find, that's God saying you better start looking. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Verse 13, and suddenly in that moment after the sign was given, and suddenly a multitude of angels joined praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now I read what these angels said, peace, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Do you know that Jesus would, in a number of years from, from this night, that he would teach the disciples how to pray? And he would say something like this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Glory to God in the highest. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Jesus said, praise God, share the story. Praise God, share the story. That's God's will for all men. This baby, this Savior, this Christ, this Lord had a purpose. That man should be restored to a right relationship with God. All men. Now, here's my favorite part. You're going, Jeff, we're almost done. You're just now getting to your favorite part? Yeah, because this is where we get to become a part of this. Do you realize up to now, this has all really just been a one-way conversation? Shepherds in the field, 
third shift, watching the sheep, minding their own business, doing their thing, and God jumps into their life and he says, hey, I've got some good news of great joy for all people, and you're the first to know. They've not had anything to do yet, except hear. Now, church, hearing is important. Scripture teaches that without hearing, there will be no change. The Spirit will help us hear the Word, hear the message, hear the good news, and things like that. But if we don't react to it, if we just think that Christmas is this great story that we then close the book on, pack it up along with the tree and the presents and everything else, and then we'll unpack it again next year, then you've totally missed Christmas. Do you realize that once God gave the gift of Jesus, that gift was never put away? Right? Never. Gets to stay out. And this is why it's my favorite part. Because look at it, verse 15. The angels have left. The shepherds are probably going, wow, what just happened? You can just hear the buzz going on around them. But verse 15, look at what it says right there. Let us now go. They decided to go to Bethlehem. Now, the angel had pretty much known they were going to do this because how could you hear good news of great joy to all men, hear it, and then just go, okay, let's go back to work. That's not the way it works. God knows because of the sign that he shared to the shepherds, from the angels, he knows that when you hear this good news, it will cause you to want to get involved. That's why it's my favorite part. You see, I'm, I'm not a great listener. I try. I'm not real patient. I like to be in the game. And God says, okay, Jeff, it's time for you to get in the game. And he's saying the same thing to you. It's, they say, let us, go, let us now go. They decided to go to Bethlehem. When? Right then. In the middle of the night. I don't know what they did with the sheep. I don't know if the lowest guy on the lowest part of the totem pole there had to keep them all. I don't know if they called in reserves to come in and keep them all. I don't know if they said, well, this is important enough. God will protect the sheep. We're just going to go. I don't know what they did with the sheep. I just know that when they heard this good news of great joy for all men, they said, we can't stay here. They decided to go to Bethlehem. Scripture says now. Now means not later. Now means not tomorrow. Now means not when you get off work. Not when it was daylight. They went now. This is an urgency. When you hear the good news of great joy for all men, when you understand what God has done through a baby who grew up to be a Savior, when you, we understand what that is, there's an urgency that should rise up in our life. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't have an urgency when it comes to praising the Lord and seeking to live for Him, and share this, you may not have that relationship yet. You may have a knowledge, but until you open that gift, until you allow that gift to be put on and change you, it's just a box. 
until you accept Jesus and make this good news of great joy for all men, including you, until you do that, it's just a manger. It's just a baby. And God's making sure that we understand and never feel that way. But not only did they go now, it says that they went with haste. They didn't walk. They ran. They didn't stop. They went. They didn't ask. They looked. You know, Scripture says that when you find him, you know, when you're the only people who know the answer right then, you can't really stop and ask directions. That's why God gave them the sign, so that they would find, because they would be looking. They found Jesus. They went with haste. This is an attitude. They went with urgency. This is an attitude. Think about that. Haste and urgency are attitudes. Now, grammatically speaking, they could be something different, but you guys know that's not my thing. I can just tell you that when I act urgent, it's first because there's something inside of me that's developed that I have to do. It's an attitude first. Verse 17, when they had seen him. So we miss between 16 and 17. We miss all of the, ooh, let me see the baby pictures. But Scripture tells us that they got to see him. It says that when they see him, when they experienced this Savior, when they began to understand this good news of great joy, verse 17 says that after they had seen him, they made it widely known. They told everyone what had happened and what they had seen. Do you recall a time when you had great news? And it was your job to share it? What'd you do? Now, I've shared this before, but this is the greatest example I have of the urgency that we need to have in our lives. But in 1991, we had no children. And then we found out about midnight one night we were expecting our first. Now, do you know when you're looking, when you find out at midnight, you're really looking to have a child. I mean, you know, I just want to let you know, you, we, we get that. But we found out after midnight that we were going to have a child. And we said, well, that is such good news. Let's just go to bed and we'll tell people next week. No. We got up. We got dressed. We got in our car. We banged on doors. We woke up parents. We woke up siblings. We woke up friends. Bang, 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 bang. Scared them to death. Right? Somebody comes banging on your door at 1.30 in the morning without even telling you they're coming. You go, oh my goodness, I don't even know if I'm going to answer the door. That's how our lives are. God says, I got this great news. And God comes to you and he bangs in your life and he says, you need to hear this great news. We didn't let what time it was stop us. That's why it's my favorite part of the Christmas story. It's the part where we get to get involved. Because, see, God doesn't tell us about his son and tell us the sign to go find him so that when we find him, we just clam up and go, I can't wait for everybody else to find this out. No, we come out changed and different 
because we've encountered the truth and the promise that is the Savior, Christ the Lord. Widely known. Now, I've already mentioned to you that in the hierarchy of life, the shepherds were way down here. Did you notice what happened in Scripture? When people come to hear the good news of great joy for all men, and they experience it themselves, and then they take haste and urgency, and they walk into this world, and, and they make it widely known what the shepherds did. People were amazed. When the day before, they wouldn't have talked to a shepherd for anything. When the day before, they wouldn't even have looked their way. Probably that shepherd, because of his position in life, wouldn't even have put himself in position to have been seen or heard. That's why it's my favorite part. You see, when Jesus comes in with an important message, you all of a sudden become an important person. Can I tell you today that if you know Jesus as your Savior, if you have met this baby that was born, who lived and died, shed his blood to pay the price for your sin, was resurrected on the third day, can I tell you that if you have met this Jesus, if you have understood this important message, you are now an important person in the eyes of God. And you're going, Jeff, how do I know that I'm important? Well, let me read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 17 to 21. Now, this is after Jesus had lived and died and ascended. So it's some 30 years plus later. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, pick it up at verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Did you notice that? You've been given a job. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Two verses, two times, two words, reconciliation given to us. Now then, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him, that would be Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And when you know Jesus and you become righteous, you become an important person because you understand an important message and you will make it widely known wherever you go. Think about that gift you have received this year. Or maybe you've not gotten to that part of Christmas yet, that gift that you will receive, and it's just going to rock your world. Listen, I ran in this morning, and I met some young fellas who are in this room right now. They couldn't wait to tell me what they had gotten for Christmas. We sat right here, and we talked about it. They were thrilled. Now, I don't know if they're going to get killed using it or not, but it could be dangerous. You know, they're boys. But they were thrilled. And there's a whole sermon right there. But they were thrilled. 
so thrilled that when Pastor Jeff comes walking in, they run to me and they want to talk about the gift that they got. It's my favorite part. You see, on this Christmas, I just want to remind you of the important message, and that's Jesus. But on this Christmas, I want to remind you again that you, if you know Jesus as your Savior, are an important person because you have this message. Now, if you don't know Jesus today, you're going, but I want to be important. All you have to do is come to accept him by faith. Verse 18 says that the people, when they heard the good news of great joy to all men, when they saw the change in the lives of these shepherds, said that they marveled. You read scripture in other places, they were astonished. They were amazed. Do you know that in order to be marveled, astonished, or amazed by what someone says, that you actually have to listen to them? And God took a person that nobody wanted to talk to, that didn't even think that they wanted to say anything. And he gave them an important message. And it changed their lives. And so they became an important person. And that important person with that important message shared it widely. The fact that the people were marveled, amazed, or astonished by that truth was not because the shepherds did it well. It's because... It's God's truth that he's working through us to share. It's God that'll bring marvel, amazement, astonishment, and change of life as we share this. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw people to myself. All the shepherds did is going, can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you what happened to me about Jesus? All the marveling and the amazement and the astonishment, that was God continuing to use this important message given to these important people to make more people important. Amen? That's Christmas. You probably, and I hope you have, have gotten some pretty awesome gifts this year. Or I hope that you're ready, you've got a gift that's awesome you're going to give and you just can't wait for them to, to get it. I've got that one. I'm, I've already told you that one. I've got the gift. It's going to be it with my family when I take it. There is no greater gift that you have than Jesus. None. You will never get a gift that will mean more and change your life more than Jesus. And this morning... This world on Christmas Day is full of people who are finding their value in stuff. We have the message. We need to make it widely known. Amen?
You know, if you walk up and tell somebody about Jesus today, they're probably going to go, yeah, it's Christmas. You're a Christian. I get it. Don't miss that opportunity. But tomorrow, make them go, why'd they tell me that today? And then the day after, why'd they tell me that today? We got to make it widely known. Now, these shepherds, I assume, we're not told that they probably went back to the hill, went back to shepherding. But I bet you they were never the same shepherds again. 